Economic Self-Determination in Venezuela. This paper was originally written for a unit in political economies in 2017, under pressure. I'm still seeking an editor to review old papers such as this, call me. In 2006, Diane Raby wrote a cutting analysis of the neoliberal world contesting Western neoliberal forms of democracy. She noted the rise of anti-imperialist movements from Mexico's Zapatistas to Cuba and cited the latter, along with Venezuela, as the new global alternative. Her hypothesis seems to be that Latin America, through its revolutionary resistance and rich heritage of armed struggle, is able to provide a leadership role in recentering democracy around socialism. It is a monument to the grand persuasion boasted by socialists around the globe and certainly representative of the kind of momentum Chavez and his Venezuela cultivated in Latin America and far beyond its borders. Raby is of course careful to not repeat the same in her inquiring. She notes the disconnect between the ideas of Marxism, socialism, and the contemporary critique, which can only have evolved from the interconnectedness of nation-states, Raby 2006. However, the legacy of Chavez and his Venezuela, the people's Venezuela, has dwindled into the same fate as those of the Eastern Bloc. It is an aggrandized memory stinging at the heart of many Venezuelans who suffer under its current regime. Many have asked is this the real legacy of Chavez, or atypical of the tactical outcomes of the Western world in response to those those who oppose it. This paper asks what were the key independent departures from neoliberal models in Venezuela under the government of Hugo Chavez between 1999 to 2013. First, this paper will give a brief overview of current conditions in Venezuela. Secondly, it will review the political agenda of Chavez government to adopt a stronger participatory democracy and socially-minded redistribution of wealth as a departure from neoliberalism. Finally, this paper will review explore the complex interrelatedness of market and self-determination in the context of development and reflect on the interests of the population and industry. Venezuela, pre-Chavez and post-Chavez. Parts of Latin America have been crippled by mass protest, societal contingency, corruption, and de-democratization of institutions, attempts to re-democratize institutions, failing democracy, and limited market stability, Peniza 2009-253-54. Venezuela under Chavez attempted to build a prosperous nation independent of imperialism amidst interrelated international markets however the history of economic development in Venezuela its high reliance on economies from previous colonial institutions and irregularity of market posed considerable challenges. Venezuela's primary producers have historically been coffee, cacao, agriculture, gold mining and oil, the latter enabling a rich resource for the government and became its most valued export, one it was thought would allow for investment in other areas as a result of an oil boom in the 1970s and early 2000s. It prompted a massive expenditure program in health, education, housing and subsidized infrastructure until inevitably oil prices fell and the collapse resulted in debt. These events paralleled with regime reform over a 40-year period to strengthen its institutions since the country's transition to democracy in the 1960s, thereby breaking away from the previous cycles which concentrated political power into the hands of the country's elites. A World Bank report on Venezuela showed in 1948 despite being 95% of the country's revenue, the petroleum industry employed 3% of the population, 
50% of which was paid by the government. This lack of wealth redistribution contributed to institutional instability and later economic contingency. Elner and Hellinger 2003. World Bank Report Venezuela 1948. By the 1990s, much of the rural and agricultural peasantry had moved to urban centers. The cyclic nature which began in the early 20th century and as a legacy of Spanish rule has invariably continued from before Chavez and after his presidency, still it prompted criticism of Chavez arguing his investment in elites and foreign capital bonds brought about inflation which stands as the highest in the world today, disparities between the rich and poor, it has been argued, did not substantiate the rhetorical promises of socially minded leader, but rather a populist who through his Charisma and populism drove the nation-state to demise. Articles across the world cemented his fate in history as a failure, and along with it his 21st century socialism, we brought it all 2006. These articles have focused less on the resource curse, power relations between elites and development, and world trading systems. Nor did they discuss the deep ideological conflict which gave rise to Chavez, and further continue in the aftermath of his presidency and death as contributing factors. Since Maduro the military presence amidst rising instability, allegations of electoral fraud and societal discontent has only worsened the situation. The military, now a business, currently holds positions of ministries representing an estimated third, while half of the governors are military officials, intensifying the concentration of power over resources lack of accountability through less and less transparency, Lander 2017. Adding to this, the United Nation released a report noting the use of military against civilians. Civilians are being tried in military courts termed as terrorists to legitimize. Breaches of democratic processes and human rights, the report further recorded over 600 arrests, torture, and called for UN intervention to develop technical solutions, United Nations Report on Human Rights in Venezuela 2017. Commentators, such as Eduardo Lander, have argued that the crisis was set in motion by the Chavez government. But there are those who resist this analysis and remain loyal to vision of the previous leader, Brodzinski and Romero August 2017. Chavez and the Legacy of Simon Bolivar Transitioning Venezuelan politics and economics in the face of imperialism, the dream of self-determination. Chavez came into government in 1999 after a coup, followed by a counter-coup. His government stabilized and peaked by 2005, and the notoriety associated with his style of leadership spread throughout the globe. Much of the Chavez style of rhetoric drew from the legacy of Simon Bolivia, the liberator, who fought against Spanish imperialism, but also heeded the threat of U.S. imperialism. His goal of decentralizing wealth led to 60% national ownership of oil and gases focusing on nationalizing resources and self-determination in development as accorded by the United Nations Declaration on the Right to Development, Article 2, which states, the human right to development also implies the full realization of the right of peoples to self-determination, which includes subject to the relevant provisions of both international covenants on human rights, the exercise of their inalienable right to full sovereignty over all their natural wealth and resources. UN Declaration on the Right to Development Chavez also contested the United States as the global hegemonic power, 
his integrated trade agreement with collective of post-colonial countries under Bolivarian Alliance for the Peoples of Our America attempted disenfranchise from international trade agencies dominated by the United States and invested resources in government-sponsored missions to provide health care, education, food security. It moved to devolve power through community councils, as well as opted to provide support for low socioeconomic families in the United States, Withers 2017, 6-13. United Nations Declaration on the Right to Development 1986, Article 2. In moving to redistribute wealth under Chavez's government, Wiesbrot, Sandel, and Rosnick, 2006, noted that although decreases in wealth between 2002 and 2003 were the result of political instability and capital flight, improvements between 2004-5 saw lower poverty rates. A decrease in unemployment and improved living standards for poor Venezuelans in the areas of health and education as a result of regulation focused on providing free health care and literacy and government-subsidized food. Chavez differed from populist politicians by devolving power and redistributing wealth to lower socioeconomic members of the community and did so through radical reform. One example is when he temporarily seized private business such as Polar's rice plant in 2009 a product that increased over 90% under Chavez government, sub it 2009, and nationalized it. Chavez formed new civic experiments economically and politically, seeking new ways to institutionalize his government founded in participatory demonstrations or social movements and groups which by 2005 was still not yet effectively institutionalized. This was in part foundational to the success of Chavez as a political leader particularly in contrast to previous political parties who largely institutionalized political leadership and steered clear of personality politics. His style appealed to the expression of the masses, especially those who were disenfranchised, and their sense of justice, self-determination, rights and responsibilities as a civic body. Under Chavez voting registration increased massively through inclusion of the poor and nearly doubling the electorate, he invested in universities, established the South Bank and further built quality social housing, Smilda and Hellinger 2007, Jones 2013, Galloway 2013. These protectionist policies limited neoliberalism with some efficacy on one hand, but on the other limited the economy. In the aftermath of financial crisis IMF loans were taken out in the 1980s and again in 1996. The Punto Fijo democracy repaid the debt at minus 3.2 percentage per capita, increasing in the 1990s to minus 0.3%. During this time Venezuela's population more than doubled, and in the time of Chavez government increased by 6 million people, as did life expectancy, World Bank 2017. Population growth, measured as both wealth and burden on the economy, had significant implications. The oil export failure was aggravated by success in modernizing as rural Venezuela became smaller and the urban center. S became populated at her. ING to industrialization the byproduct being a significant shift in agricultural labor. From this perspective the decision to continue investment in the country's leading export, despite fluctuation in international oil prices responded to a growing need. Providing government economies in education and health potentially buffered mass unemployment, distilled a sense of pride and accomplishment, and reiterated productivity based on social justice, inclusion through population responsive policy.
Self-Determination versus Neoliberalism, the Need for Political and Economic Stability. The contrasts of the Chavez government is a considerable dilemma. Chavez policies left the Venezuelan economy more equitable, but less stable. In context of the United Nations Human Development Report aimed to put people at the center of development, Chavez in some ways succeeded, but the high price of self-determination economies that limited expansionism from neoliberal investment has made the economy and the people more susceptible to the very infrastructure Chavez rallied against. More so it has left the most vulnerable of the population in dire circumstances. As noted earlier in this paper, a military-industrial complex is centralizing power under Maruto, and the elites remain cushioned against these pitfalls, while the institution of democracy becomes highly contingent, poverty increases are becoming widespread, and potential stability for market technical intervention fizzles. According to the UN development, the following five principles are at the heart of development in the 21st century ensuring free, active and meaningful participation, securing non-discrimination, fairly distributing the benefits of development, respecting self-determination, and sovereignty over natural resources, all in a process that advances other civil, political, economic, social and cultural right, UNDR, 2017. The prospects of achieving such since Maruto are disappearing quickly. To add insult, it has been argued that Maruto is following the regime of his predecessor, thus implying the current state of political and economic decomposition is in part of the legacy of Chavez. In 2013, reports that the Venezuela-China railway project was stifled because the country had no money surfaced, Hanshi 2013, leading to another failed investment that perhaps came too little too late for the economic development of a Venezuela who excluded the prospective market of U.S. imperialism Chavez strongly articulated his grievances with. What is interesting about this is, despite having rejected U.S. hegemon, the Global South's shift to receive China as a new alternative with respect to financing is not necessarily a step towards devolving market. China has opened to capitalism while continuing to protect its own political institutes and did so with considerable competence, but the same cannot be guaranteed for smaller nation states or states with less economic security. It is also true that China, while having less interdependence on U.S. imperialism, is not an island unto itself. All inter-related market systems, the decrease in economic prosperity of any hegemon, will cause a ripple effect across those nation-states who are invariably dependent, irrespective of who serves as the hegemon. This is the foundation of interrelated markets and global systems solidified by treaties, contracts, and agreements both hard and soft. Cuba's dependence on the oil-washed wealth of Venezuela, Kirk 2009, may serve as a prime example. The international domino effect of the global financial crisis, which grew out of the United States, another. Ultimately, the internal dynamics of market are shaped by external forces due to the structural mechanism having historical foundations which intersect through strategies, institutions, and a myriad of complex systems centralized by Several instruments responsive to power, Sengupta 2000, Jiplin 2003. How then might self-determination function in conflict with it? As improvements occur, processes of modernization enable longer lifespans. Urbanization and technological advancements mean the world becomes increasingly globalized, all of which create benefits and pressures aspirational and evident. 
There is much the world can learn from the Chavez government's departure from neoliberalism, positive and negative in market and democracy, but ultimately the inevitable demise must also be accounted for in a realistic manner. As exogenous factors will always impact market, market will always impact domestic stability. In conclusion, many questions remain unanswered with respect to the leadership of Chavez. This paper has not attempted to provide absolutes one way or another, it does, however, recognize the value and visions Chavez gifted in his initiative to recenter the notion of democracy through societal development. In many ways, the socialist dream is both dead and plausible. Lessons learned from the Eastern Bloc have evolved a more complex notion of the redistribution of power and wealth, and these lessons remain pertinent to human evolution beyond notions of development. This paper has also sought to address the reality of global markets and trade systems in how they construct paradigms within which self-determination may or may not be achieved. If development is a human right, as it should be, and its objects include the right to sovereignty of nation-state inclusive of centering of humans in human developmental processes, the Venezuelan experience has offered a new prototype, albeit flawed, in reimagining a new world. The coup on Chavez in 2002 gave much credence to his leadership. For what is has cultivated in the global imagination about the role of imperialism and the right to self-determination, it has also taken away through the current Maruto regime. When power is abused, reticent implications become subject to mass hysteria, domestic and internationally, and the future is muddled. Ongoing economic failures have guaranteed a continuity of demise, and this has been done in essence in the name of self-determination. To counter this narrative, it is appropriate to recognize the substantial improvements to democratic participation under Chavez and those improvements in health and living standards he undoubtedly designed, his initial devolution of nationalized power as far political decision-making. But it needs to be noted that in his absolute detest for U.S. imperialism, he was blinded to his own flaws notwithstanding the role of international markets in their contribution to his failed policies. How the rise of a military centralized government has become the oppressor of civilians, and how imperialistic narratives, such as the global war on terror has rationalized it is not the Venezuela of the people. It is not the promise of Chavez, or the hope of an alternative. The agenda has been distorted, hijacked and repackaged by domestic, regional and international actors while socialists of the world chase a pipe dream. Raby wrote in her 2006 Democracy and Revolution, Latin America, and Socialism Today that Fukuyama's essay, The End of History, has been adequately discredited. Her summation argued that there is in fact an alternative. In an ironic twist of events, seven years after the publication of her book Venezuela, and the hope for an alternative has crumbled into what some might regard as despotism. A new hope shall have to be envisioned. One with diverse economies, stable trading partners, and solid political institutions that practice accountability. It will also need to be open to capitalism. References